Hello, early birds. You have The Worm on the line, a podcast from Yellowstone Public Radio News. I'm your host, Orlinda Worthington. Today is Thursday, February 15th. We have a lot of news to get to today. Billing schools want money for a gang prevention unit for kids. Wildlife officials are reopening a comment period on wolf and grizzly management. And we visit with Paula Poundstone ahead of her Bozeman performance about why she likes playing in Montana, her favorite part of the Ellen Theater, and her worm farm. The standoff in Sheridan, Wyoming, between law enforcement and a suspect in the shooting death of a Sheridan police officer has ended. After more than 24 hours of negotiations and other tactics to get the suspect to peacefully surrender, the suspect exited the house with a weapon and tried to flee. According to the Wyoming Division of Criminal Investigation, the suspect was shot by police and pronounced dead at the scene. The names of the involved parties were not yet released. The tense situation began Tuesday morning when Police Sergeant Nevada Crinky, a six-and-a-half-year veteran of the Sheridan Police Department, was shot by an unnamed suspect when he attempted to serve a trespassing warrant. Crinky died at Sheridan Memorial Hospital. The Billings Public School District may ask voters to support prevention of gang violence in city schools this coming election. Yellowstone Public Radio's Kayla DeRoche reports. At a city-county school meeting this week, Billings Superintendent Erwin Garcia floated a gang prevention specialist position to counteract the influence of organized crime in Billings schools. They see a market here. They need troops. They need people. At a press conference in November, Billings Police Department Chief Rich St. John noted an increase in youth and gang-connected violence. He said law enforcement knows of seven juvenile gangs in Billings and 17 adult ones. School Superintendent Erwin Garcia said gang prevention specialists in each high school, to begin with, would train teachers and students in a nationwide program for gang prevention. According to a Billings Public Schools spokesperson, the school board of trustees will vote on whether to include the position in a future levy at its meeting later this month. In Billings, I'm Kayla DeRoche. On June 4th, primary election day, Yellowstone County residents can give a thumbs up or down on a local government review study. Yellowstone Public Radio's Kay Erickson has details. The Montana Constitution requires a county to ask voters every 10 years if they want to fund a review of county government. On Tuesday, the Yellowstone County Commissioners approved the specific language on a study commission voters will see on the ballot in June. Yellowstone County Commission Chairman John Oslin. So we have set the number of board members at seven. We have set the mills at one mill, and we have approved resolution 2421 to hold an election to establish Yellowstone County government. The one mill would generate approximately $490,000. That amounts to a one-time tax increase of about $1.35 on a $100,000 home. The commissioners held a public hearing prior to their vote. Only three residents spoke, and all three said they thought it was time to review county government. The last time Yellowstone County held a government review vote was June 2014 when voters said no to a review commission. I'm Kay Erickson, Billings. A task force directed to curb rising property taxes in Montana met for the first time Wednesday. Montana Public Radio's Shaley Rager reports. 
The group of state lawmakers, local leaders, and policy experts gathered in the Capitol to start their work. Governor Greg Gianforte asked that their proposals include ways to slow the property tax growth rate, encourage public participation in setting property taxes, ensure that low or fixed income residents don't lose their homes, and adequately fund public schools through property tax revenues. Then we must do all this without imposing a statewide sales tax, period. The group then spent an hour and a half discussing the issues they want to tackle. That includes the property value reappraisal process, how to tax tourists and e-commerce, how local government spending impacts property taxes, and broad changes in the economy. The group will be broken down into three subcommittees focused on education, local government, and tax fairness and equity. Gianforte says he wants tax reforms he can propose at the next legislative session. In Helena, I'm Shaylee Riker. Housing is tight in southwest Montana, which has seen explosive growth in recent years. A nonprofit has purchased a Belgrade trailer park to preserve affordable housing and prevent displacement of vulnerable community members. Here's Yellowstone Public Radio's Sarah Brown. Anti-poverty nonprofit HRDC purchased Belgrade Trailer Court for close to $1.5 million. In the short term, HRDC will operate the community with as few changes as possible. In the long term, residents could form a cooperative to purchase the property from HRDC. Under that model, each household is a member of the cooperative, which owns the land and manages the community. To purchase this property, HRDC has temporary financing for two years, during which it will determine which model will work best. In Billings, I'm Sarah Brown. Both Montana's U.S. Senators oppose a proposal that could result in Missoula's outgoing mail processing center being moved out of state. Montana Public Radio's Edward O'Brien reports. Republican Senator Steve Daines Tuesday fired off a letter to Postmaster General Louis DeJoy urging the U.S. Postal Service keep Missoula's processing and distribution center right where it is. Democratic Senator John Tester this week slammed the review that could result in Missoula's mail processing operations being moved to Spokane. Both senators say relocating the sorting services would likely lead to delays, lower customer satisfaction, and even job losses. Robert Hopp is president of the Missoula chapter of the American Postal Workers Union, Local 113. Hopp says the bipartisan support is a huge relief, adding, I don't think the fight's over yet. We're not going to risk it. We're going to keep pushing and keep getting petitions signed and keep getting out to the public. Missoula's sorting center was one of dozens across the country recently selected to see if it could be updated for efficiency. The Postal Service says moving the facility would not result in career employee layoffs and delivery services would not be adversely affected. Reporting from Missoula, I'm Edward O'Brien. Wildlife managers have decided to reopen public comment on draft statewide management plans for wolves and grizzly bears. Montana Public Radio's Ellis Julin has more. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks says it's reopening public comment to give tribes, local governments, and state and federal agencies a chance to offer more input. FWP is discouraging people who have already commented in previous sessions from repeating their comments. Grizzly bears are federally managed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in the continental U.S. However, that may soon change as the agency considers delisting the Greater Yellowstone and Northern Continental Divide ecosystem populations. Montana's draft plan for grizzlies would go into effect should the bears be delisted and placed under state management. 
FWP's management of wolves has drawn scrutiny from conservation groups who say too many wolves are being killed. The new comment period will run through March 9th. In Missoula, I'm Ellis Julin. Paula Poundstone is known to YPR listeners as a panelist on the Saturday morning game show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. She's also known nationwide as a longtime stand-up comedian and podcaster. YPR visited with Poundstone on Zoom ahead of her Bozeman performance this weekend about why she likes playing for Montana audiences, her favorite part of the Ellen Theater, and her worm farm. So nice to meet you. Hey, Orlando. <laughs> nice to meet you. The first time I saw you live was actually in Billings many years ago. And I still remember a line. You were talking, I think, about your kids were little at the time and you were having trouble getting them to go to sleep. And you said, do you ever remember not wanting to take a nap? Oh, yeah. And I started hosting Morning Edition last year and it's very early and now I need a nap. And that line came to me. (laughs) I thought, I know what Paula Poundstone was talking about now. I mentioned that for a couple of reasons, played Montana many times. And do you ever think, oh, gee, I've got to change my whole set because I've, I've been here before. People will remember this. Or is that even a concern? It really isn't anymore. First of all, no two nights are ever entirely the same because my favorite part of my show is just talking to the audience. I, I talk to individuals. I do the time honored. Where are you from? What do you do for a living? And in this way, little biographies emerge, and I use that from which to set my sails. So partly because of the fact that I have, you, I do these conversations with individual audience members that that often sort of kick me off in a particular direction. Mm-hmm. The other reason no shows are the same is because I'm continually folding things in. Yeah. You know, I always have ideas for this or that. So uh, a few months later, there's probably a good deal of stuff that's different uh, from the first time that somebody saw me. Very, very rarely I do two shows in a row in the same place. And to my delight, occasionally people will come up to me after the show and say that they came to both shows. And my first question to them is, did I do a lot of the same stuff? Yeah, you know, because I because I wonder, and I, I and I don't know if they're just being polite, but generally speaking, they're like, no, it was a whole different thing. And there's some stuff that people like you to do again because they remember it and they liked it, or because they brought a friend and they've tried to tell that friend that joke before, but they can't. And so sometimes there's that. Yeah. Um, there are nights where I'll do a set that I feel like is very relevant. It articulates the struggle that we're in right now as a, as a country. Mm-hmm. And someone will come up to me and go, you didn't talk about your cats. <laughs> and uh, there is a certain amount of repetition that I think people like. Yeah. And if I go in a different direction and they're used to that thing. So, you know, maybe yeah. it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. But <laughs> So the truth is I could never come up with a two hour set that is the same night after night. Because I just couldn't memorize it. Plus, you'd probably get bored. I would definitely get bored. I would always have like a look on my face, like really struggling to remember. My memory is just not my strength. What is it you like about playing in Montana? I've worked the Ellen many, many times. Mm -hmm. I love it there for a bunch of reasons. One being just the, well, it has a great audience. That's the number one reason. Um, Very fun to talk to. But also, you know, that building, uh, that building is so cool. Like there's a slide uh, like a wooden slide in the in the dressing room. Uh, the train used to come through, mm-hmm. and they would use like big hooks 
to lift the trunk of the for you know with the costumes of the performers and they just drop it onto that slide and it would it slide down into the dressing room they also when they first got in there they found behind a like behind a wall a bunch of old playbills and among those old playbills there was one that was from a show that Vivian Vance had been in wow. Vivian Vance's Ethel yeah from, from Lucy uh, yeah yeah i'm not an aficionado of the Vivian Vance story but i <laughs> i do remember reading somewhere that she had you know, run away to be an actress as a young girl. And I just, just picture that being one of the places that, you know, she performed, probably came in on the train, probably they mm-hmm. dropped that trunk down there. I love that. Do you know about the ghosts at the Ellen? Have they told you about that? I Probably. You know, most <laughs> theaters believe that they have ghosts. In fact, one of my favorite things, you know, when the show is over, it's got a little bit of that, the party's over feel to it. You know, it's a little bit like, huh, you know, but at the end, when the audience is cleared out, most theaters put a single solitary stand on stage, but on top of it, there's a light bulb. It's called the ghost light. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what it's supposed to do. I'm assuming the ghosts can see in the dark, but that's just a guess. Uh, So I don't know if it's to ward off the ghosts comfort the ghosts or make it so that they can see carefully without bumping into stuff. Yeah. Favorite parts of the night is looking at the ghost light. Are there things that Montana audiences will laugh at or not laugh at versus, uh, you know, an audience in Chicago? I think that A, we have more in common than we have differences no matter where you are in the country. B, it's not like any place in the country is so remote that they're not familiar with an idea that you would share. And I think that in recent years, divisions are far more ideological than they are geographical. And so I may go to a place that is notoriously red, but in fact, the people that I'm playing to uh, aren't. And so we have the best time. A lot of times people can't even share with their neighbors their political affiliation because temperatures are running so hot right now. But they can certainly come to a show and laugh at stuff. You know, you've been interviewed zillions of times. Same old questions. Any question nobody's asked you or anything you want to answer that you haven't had a chance to right here on YPR? I'll tell you something. Very few people talk to me about my worm farm. Ah, uh uh-huh. I do have a worm farm. Yeah. And uh, what, what breed of worms would those be? Uh, they're red wrigglers. Oh, okay. Uh, and people can write to me at Paula at PaulaPoundstone.com. And for $4 a pound plus shipping, I'm happy to send uh, 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 worm waste. Um, some people, I guess, would sell the worms. I'm selling the, the worm waste. The worm waste. Uh, yeah. It's and a good I, fertilizer I, or? Yeah. Yeah. I feed my worms vegetable and fruit. So... I just love the idea that, you know, I'm not throwing stuff away and I'm not putting it down. At despite. It, it makes me feel one with the earth or certainly one with the worms. <laughs> Paula Poundstone, it has been so much fun speaking with you. Thank you for taking your time to visit with us at Yellowstone Public Radio. Can't wait to come to Montana. What a pleasure. Paula Poundstone plays the Ellen Theater in Bozeman Saturday night. This is The Worm for Thursday. We will have another edition for you early birds on Friday. The Worm is a production of Yellowstone Public Radio. Theme music composed and recorded by Zach Jones at Rapscallion Recording. Metal art call captured by Jay McGowan for the Macaulay Library. 
More information about the worm is available at ypradio.org.